0: I grew up in a small, rural town nestled amidst the sprawling hills and dense forests of the Appalachian region. It was a place rich in history with whispers of the past carried on the wind. The town had a quiet charm, its streets lined with quaint houses and storefronts, but beneath the surface there was an air of mystery and an unspoken warning that echoed through the generations. You see. Our town was built upon land that once belonged to a Native American tribe, a land steeped in ancient traditions and legends. It was said that the spirits of the land still roamed freely, guarding their sacred grounds from unwelcome intruders. Over the years, tales emerged of white people who had ventured too far into the wilderness never to return. It became a cautionary tale a reminder that this land belonged to the natives, and it was dangerous for outsiders to roam free. One fateful summer, our town fell prey to a darkness that descended upon us like a shroud. A series of brutal killings began to plague our community, leaving us paralyzed with fear and disbelief. The victims' bodies were found mangled and torn apart, their lives stolen by an unknown force of unimaginable strength. Whispers of bears and wild animals circulated, but deep down, we knew there was something more sinister at play. As the terror tightened its grip, an investigative journalist named Jake arrived in our town, drawn by the disturbing reports. His determination to uncover the truth led him to team up with Adiana, a resilient Native American tracker who possessed an intimate knowledge of the land and its secrets. Together... They embarked on a treacherous journey to unravel the enigma that gripped our town. With each investigation, they discovered a chilling connection among the victims. They had all encountered a creature, a werewolf-like being that prowled a specific place deep within the wilderness. Determined to confront this elusive creature and bring an end to the nightmare, Jake and Ayana ventured into the heart of the untamed wilderness. As they neared the creature's lair, A confrontation ensued, enveloping them in a violent clash between man and beast. In the Chaos Ayana, the fearless tracker fell victim to the creature's ferocity. Her life extinguished before their mission reached its culmination. Yet Jake, fueled by grief and adrenaline, managed to land a critical blow on the creature, inflicting a wound that forced it to retreat into the shadows. Defeated but not eradicated, the creature known as the Shadow Howler vanished leaving our town forever changed. Its haunting presence lingered in our collective memory, a reminder of the ancient power that still resided in the land. We mourned the loss of Ayana, a warrior who had given her life to protect her people, and we carried the weight of the encounter with the shadow howler as a solemn warning, a reminder that sometimes the darkness that dwells within the depths of the wilderness can rise up to claim even the bravest among us. I live in Pennsylvania and was doing an amateur paranormal investigation in a small wooded area. There is a large, recently built church in the area. I called the area the Broken Bridge due to having a few bridges around from horse and buggy days. The area is notorious for having high amounts of paranormal activity. Hook Main Story About five years ago, early summer, I was visiting the area with my girlfriend around Sunset. We were laying in the grass next to the creek that separates the broken bridge area. Shortly we heard this giant snap, as this tree limb from pretty high up fell to the ground, maybe fifty feet away from us. This figure stood up from the spot it fell and started running extremely fast and far away. The figure, the best way to describe it, was a shadowy humanoid. It was about five or six feet tall and had long, skinny limbs, but where a head would normally be, there was none. Basically, picture a Slenderman-type character, just formed of shadows and headless. That's what I saw years ago. From that day on, I have come to that area at night multiple times without seeing it again. About three nights ago, two friends and I were doing an amateur paranormal investigation in the same area. Aside from seeing normal shadow people, with heads and normal limbs... Waltzing around the area, some unexplained voices and such. Nothing has stuck out and spooked me like what happened. We were standing between a field opening and a few isolated trees. These trees aren't very, very large. Small enough to be climbed, but not a lot of footing available as we've tried climbing them before. My buddy Matt shinned his flashlight at one of the trees while myself and another friend were looking away. A loud scratching-slash-clanking noise was heard for a second, and Matt quickly became terrified, screaming. Something just climbed that tree. Something humanoid climbed that tree. Something humanoid climbed that tree. Side note, the tree was maybe 60 feet or so tall, and the thing was climbing from the very bottom. Spooked, we backed away and left the area. Later that night, Matt was obviously spooked, which isn't an easy thing knowing him. Before I let his describe what he saw... I drew out the creature I had seen years ago, and his face becomes pale as he tells me that is exactly what he saw climb the tree. I have no idea what the hell this thing is, nor do I know any similar animals in the area. In central Pennsylvania, we'll get the occasional bear deer. Hell, even some runaway cows. This humanoid wasn't a bear. Neither of us believe it was. Can anyone offer insight I lived out in the boonies, so there were only a handful of houses near me, and I never really saw anyone. Every day when I was twelve-ish I would walk out in random directions through the forest, just for something to do. One day I walked off the main road onto a dirt road for a few miles, and at the very end I found an abandoned house not unusual for the area, so I just looked around for a bit, but nothing too interesting. Behind the house I noticed an old trail that went into another forest. So I followed it. I went down about two miles and it took me to an abandoned summer camp. Now this was interesting. When I looked around the place, though, there were little signs that people were still there. Small animal traps set out, piles of clothing and garbage, food, etc. This freaked me out a lot, but I was pretty brave or stupid. So I kept looking around. That was until three men emerged from one of the buildings. They were dirty and unshaven and pretty old and large. The moment I saw them I started sprinting away, leaving my bag and everything. I got out to a clearing and stopped to catch my breath and looked around to see if I was safe. And I wasn't. They came into the clearing attempting to run after me. I was being followed. I continued sprinting until I got back to the abandoned house. I couldn't run anymore, so I went into the basement and hid inside a cupboard. Crying at that point... I heard them talking outside the house and walking around. Luckily the building was so old the floors could barely hold me at 90 pounds, let alone those gigantic men, so they couldn't go in. Eventually it went silent. I still stayed in there for a long time though, just in case they were still outside. By the time I came out the sun was setting and they were gone. When I got home my parents freaked out since I was gone for so long and I just burst into tears and told them the whole story. My dad couldn't believe I went so far away and told me that a band of hicks that are notorious for committing petty crimes lived less than a mile from the camp. After learning everything, I was pretty deterred from going out for a while. I can't imagine what might have happened if they caught me. My husband, boyfriend at the time, and I were camping at Harriet Lake, which is a small lake pretty deep in the Willamette National Forest. We were on a road trip from San Francisco to Vancouver, British Columbia at the time, and decided to spend one of the days exploring Portland for the first time, since our campsite was only about 90 minutes outside of town. On the way back to the campsite, we approached the last stoplight in the last town, Estacada, Oregon, before the highway narrowed to one lane in each direction. At the red light, we were pulled up next to a couple on a motorcycle. They looked to be in their 50s. The man in front was short and pudgy, while the woman was tall and lanky. I joked to my husband that they looked like Boris and Natasha from the Rocky and Bullwinkle show. When the light turned green, they looked over at us, took off, cut in front of us, and disappeared pretty quickly down the curvy road ahead. I remember us thinking we had somehow pissed them off because they were driving really aggressively. Soon after, we found ourselves deep in the forest. The winding road was flanked by cliffs on the left and the sparkling, rushing Clackamas River on the right. Several small, old, green metal bridges passed over the winding river. Cell signals quickly disappeared. The sun was setting, and there were very few other people around, except for a few fishermen trying to get one last catch before the sun went down for the night. As we approached the last bridge before the turnoff that led to the campground, We noticed that Boris and Natasha were parked sideways in the middle of the bridge. As as we got closer to them, we realized that they were staring at us, as if they were waiting for us. I noticed that Natasha was holding something in her hand. Whatever it was, it was producing a fair amount of smoke. I thought maybe we had come across them smoking a cigar or a blunt or something. As we slowed down and prepared to pass them on the bridge, I got a closer look at whatever was in her hand and realized that there was way too much smoke coming from it. Right as we were passing them, she tossed the smoking object under our car and they scooted off the bridge, then turned around and looked at us as if they were waiting for something. My husband had the quick thinking to swerve and accelerate out of there and not a moment too soon as the object exploded forcefully right after our car cleared it. Boris and Natasha, having failed to accomplish whatever their goal was, disable our car and then rob us, kidnap us, kill us, sped off down a side road. While my husband was furious, I was totally freaked out. I was convinced that they were following us, or had been following us, or had been following us earlier in the day. I was 100% certain that they would return to our campsite in the night, where we were defenseless in our tent, ...and finish the job, get rid of the witnesses. Fortunately, we never saw them again. It was the late 60s, and I was still in high school. I had decided to take part in a road rally in the mountains north of Los Angeles... ...hoping for a bit of adventure. However, I quickly got lost, and the moon had already set... ...making it pretty dark outside... It was around midnight when I realized I didn't have a clue where I was, or which direction to take. I decided to keep driving until I came across a crossroad or something that would indicate the right path. That's when I heard it, a loud roar that made my heart skip a beat. The sky on my left lit up in a flickering orange-red, and the ground started shaking. It wasn't an earthquake. I knew that from living in Los Angeles, where earthquakes are commonplace. So... I immediately thought the worst. My God, is this the end of the world? Did they nuke L.A.? I drove a little further, and then I saw it. The Rocketdyne Test Facility. They were doing rocket engine tests for the Saturn V B that took Apollo to the moon landing. It was one of the most terrifying experiences of my life. I could feel the ground shake under my car, and the roar was deafening. The sky was aglow, and I was sure I was witnessing the end of the world. I quickly turned around and drove as fast as I could back to civilization. The next day, I learned what had happened, and I was relieved that it wasn't the end of the world. I couldn't believe how close I'd come to one of the most significant moments in human history. It's funny how life can take unexpected turns. Years later, I became a park ranger, and I still think back to that night when I got lost in the mountains and stumbled across the test facility. It's a reminder that we should always expect the unexpected, And we should never take life for granted. Okay, so I have this story that happened to me and my friends. To set the scene, we were on a Boy Scout camping shooting trip. There were 20 to 30 of us. We were in a little cabin thing with windows on the front and back and a front and back door. They were wooden tables all around the area. The adult cabin was about an eighth of a mile down a gravel road. In the dark, there was obviously a buddy system, because it's Boy Scouts. So it's around midnight, and everyone had been telling scary stories just like a normal camping trip. Well, I had to go to the bathroom and ask my friend to come along. He said sure, and he got our knives. We knew that there were bears in the woods, and it made us feel safer. Well, we went to the bathroom and began our walk back. This is where it got scary. I felt an instinctual fear. I looked to my friend, and he had the same look as me. We began to walk just a little bit faster and unfold our pocket knives. I then turn around and see it. It looked similar to a cat, but it was roughly six feet tall and was on its hind legs and was on its hind legs. Kind of hunched over, I freaked the hell out and started running. My friend sees it too. When we sprint back to the cabin, it began making a moaning, howling noise and followed us very closely. We pound on the door and the guys let us in. We pound on the door and the guys let us in. We tell them what we saw and they actually believed us. So we locked the front door and looked at the back door. It had no lock. We pushed a table up against it and had a kid there with his knife for safety. We drew the blinds on all the windows that had them. One of them didn't and we sat there with all the lights on. Then we see the eyes outside of the windows without blinds. We are all ourselves, and the thing slowly walked to the back door. We heard it bumping up against it, maybe trying to open it. We think it then left, but we still thought we were going to die. No one slept that night, and when the adults came to wake us up, we told them, and they just laughed and said we were making it up. We know it happened even if they didn't believe us. As an active duty use army soldier, I have to say that life in the barracks can be pretty interesting. You never really know what to expect, and sometimes you just have to roll with the punches. But one particular 24-hour duty shift stands out in my memory as both bizarre and utterly unforgettable. The day had started out like any other, and I was assigned to desk duty, answering phones and attending to other administrative tasks. With just 17 minutes left in my shift, I was eager to wrap things up and finally get some rest. A few hours earlier, I had stepped outside to salt the stairs as it was snowing heavily. While I was out there, I had propped the door open with a heavy oak chair to make it easier for me to come and go. I should mention that my partner on this shift was away. Conducting checks in another building, as I finished clearing the snow and salting the ground, I turned around to find the chair flipped upside down. It was an eerie sight, and I couldn't help but feel a shiver run down my spine. I couldn't shake the feeling that I wasn't alone out there, but I decided to carry on with my duties, hoping that the ghost would leave me be if I didn't pay it any attention. When I was done, I found the chair had moved again, this time turned sideways. I addressed the apparent ghost, saying, Okay, Mr. Ghost, I don't want to bother you, but I have to go inside now. I walked back inside, taking the chair with me, determined not to let this strange encounter get the best of me. But things only got weirder from there. Upon returning to the desk, I found an empty trash can placed on top of it, a sight that wasn't there when I left. Feeling slightly unnerved, I spoke to the ghost once more. Look, Mr. Ghost, I get out of here soon. Can you please leave? Then, as if in response to my plea, a black shape darted down the hallway, and I heard a whisper in my ear. Yes, At that moment, I couldn't help but freak out internally. All I could do was muster a shaky thank you before I hurriedly returned to watching Community on Netflix, hoping that the distraction would calm my nerves. The remaining seventeen minutes of my shift couldn't have gone by more slowly. Every creak and shadow seemed to be magnified, making me constantly question whether my ghostly encounter was truly over. But when my relief finally arrived I practically sprinted out of there, eager to put the entire ordeal behind me. I was walking my dog very early one morning and I was the only person out at the time. It was winter so it was quite cold and the streets were icy. All of a sudden from behind me I heard this low guttural growling noise. I turned around and I saw way, way up the street behind me a man walking my way. I thought surely it couldn't be him making the noise as he seemed too far away. Anyway, I dismissed it and kept walking. A couple of minutes later I heard it again, only this time. It was right behind me. My dog starts freaking out, barking and trying to get at whatever it was making this noise. This time, I didn't look behind me. I just started walking faster. The growls became louder and longer. It was the weirdest thing. It sounded like a cross between a demon and an animal. Anyway, I practically dragged my dog to our house and slammed the door. I ran to the window and looked out. There was nothing there. I told my husband. He just shrugged his shoulders and dismissed the whole thing. After it happened, I bought a vial of pepper spray. So one night I decided to go to sleep after a whopping three days of no sleep. But no, I have to get the spook of my life to keep me up the rest of the night. I was up late, around 2.30am or something like that, and I was ready to hit the hay. But before that, I was going to have nice ham and mayo sandwich. Leaning on an open window, looking out on the street, it was super empty. I live in a pretty scummy area full of Ishe's. Australian gangster want to Walking around, acting like they own a place, but no. They were nowhere to be seen. I went to go wash my hands and go to be but just after I left the window. I hear a deep screech that came from outside. You'd expect me to say there was dark figure, wouldn't you? It absolutely wasn't. I looked outside the window to see this lanky creature which almost looked like it's glowing. I rubbed my eyes and it was still there. I thought the cliché would work. I saw it walking down the street with continuous screams... And it was kind of pissing me off, not going to lie. So, I leave the window and go to the front of my house to go get a proper look from my front balcony. Gone. The screeching stopped when I left the window. I honestly should have gone to check the window to see if it was gone. When it stopped that butt again. It was around 2.40am at this point. Weird thing is that those Eshes haven't been around causing havoc for a while. They did come back the night after, but then they just stopped as well as the monster. I honestly wonder... If it just me or if I actually saw something. I was probably just sleep deprived now that I think about it. The scariest part of it all is the fact that I've never had night terrors or even believe in the paranormal. But that was honestly something I thought no one, especially not myself, would have that experience. But I do believe in the phrase everything has a reason but with them both mixing together. It really doesn't make sense but All I can do is tell you guys this to determine this. Just a heads up, this was 2020 when I was isolated, if that makes it any more convincing. After that whole experience, I was making the Ories in my head all night, which was keeping me up until the sun rose. I still hear the sounds of the screech in my head sometimes, but when I try to replicate them out loud, it doesn't really sound right, if that makes sense. I want to think that that monster or whatever that was real... And I wasn't just seeing things, but who knows. i honestly too lazy to do my own research on it, so I thought you guys would know better than anyone since you're so woke. Do you all know what the hell that was? It was four or five years ago, but the memory of that night still haunts me. My ex-boyfriend and I were driving through one of Georgia's national battlefields, once an Indian land with a history of haunting story. The stars were shining brightly that night and we wanted to take advantage of the clear sky and peaceful atmosphere. We cruised along the empty roads, windows down, enjoying the night air. My ex decided to stop at one of the fields to capture the beauty of the Milky Way with his camera. I stayed in the car, gazing at the sky, lost in the vast expanse above me. Suddenly, from the corner of my right eye, I saw something white crawling towards the car. My heart's to beat and my first thought was that it must be a ghost. After all, the battlefield was known for its haunted past. But as I looked more closely, I realized this was something entirely different. This creature had no face and moved with an unnatural gait as if all of its bones were broken. The sight of it sent shivers down my spine and I was paralyzed with fear. Unable to react or call out to my ex, as he finished taking the picture and returned to the car, I mustered the courage to turn and fully face the creature. It had stopped making its way towards us and, as if sensing our attention, darted back into the woods. My ex, oblivious to what had just occurred, started the car and we drove off, leaving the eerie encounter behind us. Ever since that night, I believed that I came face to face with the skinwalker. The fact that it had no eyes made me question my conclusion, but the experience was too terrifying and unexplainable to be anything else. To this day, I can't shake the image of that faceless creature crawling towards us, and the memory of that night serves as a chilling reminder of the unknown lurking in the shadows. I have met a few bears camping, In Alberta, we have three types of bears, brown, black, and grizzly. I learned that what to do when you encounter each kind is different. I just know grizzlies are badass mean. I met a brown cub once, but I didn't know if it was a grizzly or not. We were way up north, roughing it camping, and I came upon it in the tree my uncle tied our food up in to keep it away from bears. This cub was having a good meal of my supper. But I knew his mama was probably nearby, so I froze and had no idea what to do. I was a twelve-year-old girl at the time. My uncle trained sled dogs and had a retired husky wolf with us for protection. Not the kind of dog you can pet because he was a grouch. Anyways, I'm standing stiff as a board when his dog... Anyways, I'm standing stiff as a board when his dog, named Bear, ran over and growled at the bear cub. It claimed down the tree and ran off. At this point, I started running and could hear something chasing me. Then it ran by me. It was the dog. I thought the mama bear must be chasing it, so I just ran harder. And But she didn't end up eating me or chasing me, so that was nice. I stayed closer to the dog the rest of the trip, even though he didn't seem to like me.